up in here today how many of you can remember in the story Job that we never find one account of the devil talking to Job I got any Bible readers in the building you never find a dialogue between the devil and Job can I tell you why he didn't need to talk to Job because he had already talked to God and he obtained permission from God to afflict Job. And when the devil has permission, he doesn't have to talk to you about what he's going to do. And so if the devil is talking to you uh, with words of fear uh, about what he's going to do, uh, that ought to be a clear sign to you uh, that he has no permission uh, from God to do it. Because if he already had permission, uh, he'd be doing what he's talking about. Uh, so if the devil's been whispering in your ear, uh, you need to go ahead and shout this morning uh, and tell him, devil, uh, you have no authority. Uh, devil, you have no permission. Uh, devil, you have no power. Uh, that's why you're talking. Uh, that's why you're whispering. Uh, you can just watch me I'm gonna dance in the middle of my struggle I'm gonna dance in the middle of my trial I'm gonna give him praise I wish somebody would give God a shout of praise come on come on if the enemy's been whispering in your ear if 
the devil's been trying to manipulate her. your thoughts. You want to give God a praise because the devil is a Have somebody tell him he's already defeated. He's already defeated. Anybody excited to be in the house of the Lord on Sunday morning? Woo. All right, let's let's try it a second time. You may be seated tonight today. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to take a brief opportunity this morning to give a great big welcome to all of our guests that are here in the house of the Lord. Would you help me one more time, Rock Church? Let me borrow your hands and your voice. Would you help me give a standing ovation this morning uh, and make some crazy noise? Uh, we can do better than that. Help me welcome all of our guests into the house of the Lord today. We are so excited to have you here in the house of the Lord with us this morning. For those that are streaming online, we're glad that you tuned in to see what the Lord is up to here in Fort Myers, Florida. We want you to know if you are a first-time guest here that you should have received a VIP invitation card. That card is an invitation for you to join us right after the service today in our VIP room. We've got a small gift and some light refreshments we'd like to, to give you as just a small token of our appreciation that you would come and spend your morning right here at the Rock Church. Amen, church? It is our, uh, it is our conviction in this house that as a guest, you are only on guest status for five minutes when you walk through the door. After five minutes, we do not consider you a guest but we just consider you at home right here at the Rock Church. Amen. Would you turn around 360 degrees, shake every hand in front of you, behind you, on the side of you, tell them welcome home this morning. Come on, help me tell them. Tell them welcome home, welcome home, welcome home. Amen. We are so excited to have you in the house of the Lord. Amen. I want to say how excited we are to have my sister in love with us all the way from Colorado, Sister Carla Montez. Come on, would you show her some love this morning? We're excited she's in the house of God. I've got the mic and the platform, so I'm safe from her uh, arrows and her attacks this morning. Amen. <laughs> it's just a personal family joke, if y'all don't know. Amen. And uh, we're so glad she's here. It is so amazing to have the Whitmire family here with us this morning. They're just family here at the Rock Church, amen? Come on, help me welcome them home this morning. Amen, so excited that they're here. It's wonderful to have First Lady Sani Jones with us this morning. Come on, help me put your hands together and welcome her back into the house of the Lord all the way from Jacksonville, Texas. Amen. We're so excited. We're, we're, uh, we're, uh, wish that her husband was here with her, but we're excited that she's here today with us. And, uh, and then it's so good to have brother James Moore home today. Come on, help me give God a praise. 
he's home today and and uh, and then I looked up and so excited to have brother and sister Pope home this morning come on help me give God a praise for them today amen we love them and uh, we're excited you're here we're excited about what the Lord has been doing this past week here at the Rock Church this past week uh, Miskma was baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost somebody help me rejoice then this past week Naphtali was baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost help me give God some praise and this last week Stephen was baptized in Jesus name and filled with the Holy Ghost come on help me give God a praise and then this week at our, our, our Port-au-Prince campus in the country of Haiti, amen, Monique was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of her sins. And then Burden was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. I think we ought to go ahead and give God a praise and rejoice for the harvest that's happening in the Rock Church. Come on, help me give God a praise. Man, we're so excited about that, all that God is doing. And uh, I want to say thank you uh, to everybody for your faithfulness to the house of the Lord and all that the Lord is doing. Amen. We had a great time yesterday celebrating uh, and preparing for the arrival of my very first grandchild. Amen. And uh, they revealed her name yesterday. And so... Uh, her name is Nova Grace Williams. And so the Williams family is rejoicing over God adding to our family. Amen. And uh, First Lady made me buy her a bigger vehicle a couple months ago. She said, we need a bigger vehicle. I think she's preparing for more and more and more. Next thing you know, she's going to have me buying a minivan or a van. And, uh, but, uh, you know, once, once God starts adding to a family, sometimes it gets a little contagious and things start, you know, just unfolding and happening and, and, uh, something got a hold of Judah. And you want to know what he did this weekend? Can you believe it? He proposed to Alina Whitmire. Come here, son. I'm honored to announce the engagement of Judah Williams and Alina Whitmire this morning. Come on, would you help me give them some love? We are so excited, my son, and my about-to-be daughter. I want to tell you both how much I love you and how excited I am for your future and all the blessings that God has in store for you. And I want you to know this church standing behind me is excited for you and loves you. And we're with you on this journey. Would you help me one more time give a great big congratulations 
to Brother Judah Williams, Sister Alina Whitmire. want to give you some more information by way of update concerning the acquisition of this campus uh, we intend on turning in a signed contract tomorrow to the seller amen 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 and uh, we've reviewed the sales contract and so we are we'll be handing that to them tomorrow and then we will prayerfully be asking the Lord for direction and helping us uh, with funding uh, for this entire campus. It's almost eight acres, seven buildings, almost 100,000 square feet under roof. Amen. I, I don't know. It, I think it's too small by the time we finish the business buying it. Amen. And we're excited about that. And uh, a couple of months ago, this church... It took up pledges of $453,000. We're so excited about that and uh, wanted to update you this morning and let you know that 177,000 of that has made it in already. I think we ought to give God the praise for that. Somebody said, Bishop, where's the rest of it? It's in your pockets. It's in your purse. It's in your bank account waiting to be transferred. Come on, somebody. Tell your neighbor, faith without works is dead. Now tell the other neighbor that's paying attention, I want God to bless through me. I'm blessed to be a blessing. God, don't give it to somebody else. Do it through me, God. I got any believers in the building today. And we're excited about that. Amen. We're going to take just a few moments this morning uh, to do something that is always such a highlight uh, of my, the call of God that's on my life. And today is baby dedication day. Amen. And we have, uh, I think, six precious little babies to dedicate this morning. Amen. And so they're already positioned and seated here on the front rows and, and uh, Brother and Sister Jones, uh, we're so excited about these two precious uh, boys and, and today's events to dedicate them and uh, to Brother Preston, Sister Raymari and little Brother Daniel, we're so excited about what God is doing in their family and then of course, Brother and Sister Hammond uh, brought in into the world and prophesied a whirlwind over the whole state of Florida. He was so powerful, a whole hurricane followed him into the earth realm. Amen. But we're so excited. And then, of course, uh, little our little buddy, uh, we're so excited about him, Sister Angie and, and her family. We're so grateful for him. And, and uh, he's doing so awesome today. Look at him, so excited to be dedicated to the Lord this morning. Amen. Brother and Sister Matthew and Camila Clark are holding the little princess Ava this morning. Amen. And so I want to uh, hasten very quickly to the word of the Lord and give you 
what the Lord has given me for these families today. And, um, and then we will continue on in the order of service today. Uh, I'm going to be reading out of the book of Exodus chapter 2. You can just follow along on the screen behind me. <clears throat> I'm going to be reading out of the uh, ESV version, the English Standard Version. I normally read from the King James, but uh, this morning I want to read from the ESV. And you can follow along on the screen. Exodus chapter 2 verse number 1 says, Now a man from the house of Levi went and took as his wife a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. And when she could hide him no longer, she took for him a basket, somebody say a basket, made of bulrushes and daubed it with bitumen and pitch. And she put the child in the basket and placed it among the reeds by the river bank. When she could hide him no longer, she took him or took for him a basket. To each of these couples, I want you to look at each other for just a moment. Mom and dad, look at each other right in the eyes. And I want you to ask a question and announce my text today. Ask your husband, ask your wife, what do we do with our baby? Ask him, what do we do with our baby? Amen. This story is a story of incredible importance to us in the word of the Lord. We understand that the hand of the Lord was upon Moses in a powerful way. I don't have time this morning to substantiate all of the context of the scripture Suffice to say that when he was born, his mother knew that he was a special child. And their life circumstances were surrounded with many challenges. They found themselves in the position of life that many of us find ourselves in, wondering what do we do with our family? What do we do with our children? What I know that God has given us this child and to every parent in the room and especially to these brand new uh, parents this morning. There is no doubt that we spend a significant amount of time wondering to ourselves, God, how do I raise this child the way that you want me to raise this child? Lord, what, what, what should I do? What are the right decisions to make? What are the right choices? God, you've given me this child to be a steward of this child's safety and of their future and their destiny. And so, God, what what do I do with this child that, that you have given to me? And so this is the position that we find the mother in in the text. And the Bible says that when she could hide him no longer, she had met a point in time when her own ingenuity 
for what she could personally do to steward and cover her child. She knew that she had reached a point uh, that marked the end of her abilities. And so in this moment of trying to understand what do I do with the baby. The Bible says that she took that child and she put him in a basket. Tell your neighbor a basket. This is interesting because if you study the scripture, you will find that the original Hebrew word used here in Exodus chapter 2 for the word basket is different than words that are found in other places of scripture for the word basket. For example, in Genesis chapter 40 and verse number 16, the word there for basket is the word sal, which means a bread basket. Or if you were to look in Deuteronomy chapter 26 and verse number 2, the word used there for the word basket is the word penne, and it means a harvest basket. And then if you looked in 2 Kings chapter 10 and verse number 7, the word there for the word basket is the word dud, which means a basket that has handles upon it. But when you look at Exodus chapter 2 and verse number 3 and you look at the word basket there, the original word used for basket in Exodus 2 is only found in one other place in scripture and the only other place in scripture that the word used here for basket is found is in the story of Noah and the flood and it's the same word that's used for ark it is the word teva which means an ark and so in Genesis the word used for ark, the word teva is the word used in Exodus chapter 2 when the scripture says uh, that she took the child uh, and she placed him uh, in the teva. She placed him uh, not just in a basket, uh, but this is uh, part of an archetype in scripture that she placed him uh, in uh, an ark. This is further accentuated when you read that the scripture says that she pitched the inside of the basket with bitumen and with pitch because it was the command of God to Noah to pitch the ark within and without. It was the understanding, Noah, you're living in an evil day. And so what do I do, God? I'll tell you what to do. Build an ark. And when you build the ark, I want you to get it prepared. Oh, and we could preach for a long time here because First Peter is very explicit to explain to us that the ark and all of the flood is an archetype of salvation. Uh, the, the ark, you, you could draw the parallel to the church of today. It, it, God gave him specific instructions. When you build the ark, build it so many cubits long, so many cubits high, so many cubits wide. You're going to pitch it within and without. And you're going to make it just one single door that's on the ark. And it's going to have 
one uh, window and there's details that tells us you can't just build a church any way that you want to build it because if you want a church uh, that'll save you when the flood comes uh, it's got to be built the way God uh, said uh, to build it uh, you can't make up your own game plan uh, you can't draw up your own schematics uh, it's got to be done the way uh, that God said uh, for it to be done I, I don't have time to preach all of this uh, but they put one door uh, in the ark it's interesting that when all of the animals were loaded brother Collins uh, that it wasn't Noah that shut the door. He couldn't shut the door. The Bible says the Lord shut the door. That meant that that door was outside of the manipulation of man's hands. And it's interesting to note that Jesus said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. What is he the door of? He's the door of the church. He's the door of the vessel. Though we used to sing an old song about the ship of Zion. What is the ship of Zion? It's the ark. It's the place that is prepared for the saving. First Peter says that Noah moved in faith and he built an ark for the saving of eight souls. You want to do know what he did when he finished preparing the ark? He put his family in it. He put his family uh, into the ark. Uh, this is how we're going to make it. Uh, this is how God's going to carry us through. Uh, this is how we're going to survive judgment. Uh, and so when we begin to read in Exodus 2, uh, we see the archetype uh, of the ark there uh, as she is wondering, what do I do uh, with my child? Uh, could I just jump to the point uh, and preach this to you? Uh, she said, let me uh, put my baby uh, in the church. Uh, I got to put my baby uh, in uh, the ark. Uh, oh, uh, I know my child uh, has destiny. Uh, how? Uh, with all of the threats, uh, with all of the challenges, uh, with all of the dynamics of this world, uh, how is my baby going to become uh, what God called him to be? Uh, I'll tell you how. Uh, put him uh, in the church uh, and watch what God does for your baby. Uh, woo! Uh, can I preach to these families this morning. Uh, can I preach to you, uh, Brother Preston and Sister Amaria? Uh, whatever you do with Brother Daniel, uh, put him uh, in the church. Put him in the church. Uh, it's the place of safety. Uh, it's the place of destiny. Uh, it's the place of the divine. Uh, can I preach to you, Brother and Sister Jones? Uh, whatever you do, uh, put these babies uh, in uh, the church. Uh, don't put them in the football team. Uh, don't put them on the volleyball team. Uh, don't make them a cheerleader. Uh, don't put them in this world. Uh, but put them uh, in uh, the church. I preach to you, Angie and Steve. Uh, whatever you do with this little man, uh, put him in the church. His only chance uh, of reaching his future. And as you understand, Pharaoh wanted to kill uh, all of these Hebrew boys. Uh, the devil is after our children. Uh, the devil is after their future. Uh, he wants to destroy uh, their future and their road to destiny. Uh, but I came to preach to you uh, that if you'll put your baby uh, in a prepared place, Place. If you'll put them in the church, God's got a way of bringing them all the way to where he's called them to be. God's got a way of bringing them all the way into their destiny and their future.
was a move that required faith. It was a move of vulnerability where she had to realize I don't have everything it takes. I can't do this on my own. I can't do this on my own ingenuity. And so God, I don't know how. I don't know all of the details. But as I lay this precious child into this basket, into this ark, and I put this child right by the river, the river, I can't have time to preach all this, represents the potential of danger. The unknown vicissitudes of, of the, the flow of the river and, and the crocodiles and the wilderness. But I'm going to put my child in an ark. And that ark is designed to carry them in the midst of a crazy world that wants to tell your children that they're a woman when they're a man. And wants to confuse them. And wants to put godlessness in their hearts. In the middle of a world that wants to molest and pervert the minds and the future of our babies and our children how am I going to raise little Daniel to be what God wants him to be I'm preaching to you how put your baby in the church When your child is 17 and 18 years old and the enemy is trying to mess with their mind, hear me, you're not going to care about what kind of game system that you bought them for their birthday. It's not going to matter that you bought them all the brand name clothes or their favorite stuff. The only thing that's going to matter is did you put them in the church? Did you put them in the one thing that's designed to carry them into their future. That little basket is going to wind up in the hands of Pharaoh's daughter and in ways that you can't even see your little child's going to be on a journey that's not dictated by your will. That's not dictated by your hand of manipulation as a parent. But when you turn your baby over to God, you're saying, God, I give him back to you to do what you will. That's what this service and this moment is about this morning. It's about moms and dads, Sister Camila, Brother Matthew, who have held that precious girl in their arms and laughed and their hearts warmed with her beautiful smile to walk to the edge of a river this morning and say, God, whatever we do, we're going to put her in the boat. We're going to put her in the ark, God. We're going to put her into your hands. And as we stand all over this house this morning, I want these families to come forward if you would. If you would please just gather around me here at the front of the altar somebody could grab the oil for me please and as they come I'm inviting their families that are with them to join them and stand behind them families that are accompanying them if you would stand with them this morning and I want to ask the pastoral staff of this church to join me if they would this morning 
as we begin to pray over this family, over every one of these precious children. God's hand is upon them. God knew what day and what age and what time he would bring them into this world. God put them in your hands because God's trusting you. God's trusting you to make the right decision with your children. God's trusting you to not take them and prostitute the gift he's given you to the world but to say God we stand here today and we put him in the basket the answer to the question what do we do with our baby we put him in the church we put him in the basket we put him in God's hands and we trust God with our children all over this house if you would stretch your hands in this direction I want the pastoral team to join me if you would your husband the husbands and wives please join me and help me lay hands and pray over every one of these families as you extend your hand in this direction would you lift your voice with us and help us pray all over this house come on would you lift your voice
children. Would you help me right now? Give God a praise all over this house. Come on, help me give God a praise this morning. Woo! Would you help me lift up right now your voice? Come on, lift up the names of these families and these children right now. Come on, God, we put them in your hands. God, we're putting our babies in the ark. God, we're putting our babies in the church today. Hallelujah. Brother Steve, Sister Angie, Brother Matthew, Sister Camila, Brother Naeem, Sister Jillian, Sister Amari, Brother Preston, Brother Timothy, Sister Brooke, I want you to know this morning that you're not standing by the river by yourselves today. But standing with you and behind you this morning is a great cloud of witnesses and a great family that's standing with you and your children. And we commit to stand with you as you raise your children in the fear and the admonition of God. We commit to loving your your babies like our own and helping you as we lead all of our children into the arms of God. Amen. 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 We love you. We're so proud of each and every one of you. And I speak the blessing and the favor of God over each of your families. I declare the blessing and the favor of God. Woo! I feel the Holy Ghost. I speak the blessing of God over your health. I speak the blessing of God over your finances. I speak the blessing of God over your children. In Jesus' name we pray. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you these precious children this morning that have been placed in the ark in the hand of God. Would you help me one more time give God a praise for these families and these children? Would you help me in the balcony give God a praise? Amen. God bless you. We love each and every one of you so very very much. Amen. Hallelujah. Stand with me if you would all over this house today. What an incredible presence of God and moving of the Holy Ghost that we have felt here already this morning. I'm excited this morning to have with us all the way from North Little Rock, Arkansas, evangelist Xavier White in the house of the Lord. Would you help me give God a praise? Come on, help me give God a praise and welcome him. Amen. As as KidZone and all of our classes are dismissed, amen. We have come this morning with great expectation of the word of the Lord. I uh, met the acquaintance of Brother White some time ago and uh, was impressed by his spirit and uh, he's got a, uh, a name that he's protected and a reputation that precedes him of being a great young man of God. And um, I felt a connection sometime back to him and we exchanged information. And over the past several months, uh, we've been in touch with each other and really just waiting for the right timing of God to unfold for him to come and be with us. And that's the way I like it. I like to let God unfold things. 
And so it is that he is here with us this morning uh, to kick off a season of revival. Brother White, we want you to know that we are ready for what God has for us today. We're ready to preach with you. We're ready to shout, run, dance. We're ready to get in the altars and repent and cry, whatever it is that God has given you. We're ready for the word of the Lord. Would you help me give God another great big praise? Come on, put your hands together one more time and magnify the Lord as evangelist Xavier White comes to deliver the word to us today. Well, come on, let's lift it to Jesus. Uh, come on, can we get a little loud today? Come on, to the only wise God, to the only one that can keep us, to the only one that can help us, to the only one that can sustain us. Very honored to, to be with you all here. And I truly mean that. Brother Williams probably doesn't know this, but he is just one of my all-time favorite preachers and all of Pentecost. I never in my wildest dreams uh, imagined that I would be standing before such a great church and uh, I'm telling you, everybody in Pentecost talks about the Rock Church and I'm just going to tell you, I love it. it. If you look over and see me smiling during worship, I promise it's just because y'all sang songs that I thought you could only listen to in the car and have intense worship. And I got in here this morning, that joy is coming. That's a song I've been playing on repeat. And when I got in here this morning, I said, well, God, I know I'm in the right place. I believe God's going to help us today. time how honored I am to be with you I'm aware of the time I know you're hungry I know you've shouted and danced so I'm not going to keep you too long today but I'm going to turn your attention to Hebrews chapter 9 verse 19 while you're turning I want to give honor to Bishop Williams I'm so thankful once again to be with you all this has been uh, we've been trying to get it together but God knew what he was doing and I believe this is a perfect time for whatever God has in store for us. And I'm so excited about the reports that I'm hearing from this great church, and I'm believing it's going to continue. Hey, why, why not fill this place up and, and have to get a new building or tear these walls out or extend the parking lot? Hey, I believe God wants to do that for us. It is the will of God that we have revival. Hey, the trumpet's getting ready to sound. How many more people does God want to fill with the Holy Ghost? I got enough faith to believe he'll do it. I also give honor to my pastor, Pastor Nathan Holmes, and my bishop, who y'all just had. I'm, I love them so very much, and, and I want them to know that I'm so honored to be under them and to have their voice in my life. The Bible says, for when Moses had spoken Every precept to all the people according to the law. He took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle 
and all the vessels of the ministry, and almost all things by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy place made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. For just a short time, I want to preach to you this morning. The blood will work just fine. Well, I wish the rest of you would clap your hands. Hey, the blood will work just fine for you. If you wouldn't mind stretching your hands toward this pulpit, asking God to be with us in the remainder of the service. God, we need you today, God. Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, anoint the remainder of the service. Lord, I thank you for what you've already done. But God, I'm believing you to continue to move in this house, God. God, fill somebody with the gift of the Holy Ghost. God, convict someone's heart, Lord, to come unto you, Lord. Lord, help us today, God. Hide me behind the cross. Anoint these lips of clay, and I'll give you everything that I have, Lord. Everybody shout in Jesus' name. You may be seated. If you read the scripture through once a year. I'm sure you're familiar with the bread program. But when you read the scripture, you find that in the Old Testament, from the fall of man, God kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden, but it did not stop God from desiring to have communion with us. The Bible lets us know that out of all creation, we were his most prized possession. God, from the beginning of time, only desired to have communion with his creation. But sin messed that up. And the longer we dwelt on this earth, the more sin separated us from God. And God said, I've got to come up with a way that would free them from this separation. And God said, I will do a new thing. And he designs what we know to be the tabernacle. I'm not going to bore you by going through all of the things that the tabernacle does, but the tabernacle was designed so that even in our sinful state, there was a way for sin to be forgiven but never fully remitted. And so God gets tired of that because his presence was only able to be felt in a box. And God says, no longer do I want to do that anymore. No longer am I content with that anymore. I've got to do something different. And we know that from Cain killing Abel, that blood begins to call out to God. Blood begins to speak to God. 
and God tells them, you, you've got to do a sacrifice. You, you've got to kill animals and bulls, spotless, and, and you've got to sacrifice them on an altar. And when you sacrifice them on this altar, it will allow me to forgive and I can give you a word for the moment. But it never dealt with the sin issue. Now, I'm going to lay a little foundation this morning, but I promise you I am aware of the time, so don't get too worried. And I'm not long-winded, I don't think. But he says I, it, only, it only pushes it back a little bit. It never dealt with sin. The law was a flawed system in a way because the law was intended to remit sin, but instead it only condemned man and never condemned sin. If you did something, more than likely you could be punished. And God said, that, that's not working because nobody can live holy under the, under the law. Nobody can live righteous under the law. Nobody can live separated under the law. And so he says, I, I've got to do yet another new thing. And we get over into the book of Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament. And you see almost a lamentation from God. And God says, hey, listen, you have Moses, you have the law, you have the prophets. It's almost as if God is saying, I'm going to come up with something, but I need time to think about it. And the Bible lets us know that there is about 450 years of complete silence from God. Nobody could hear from God. The prophets couldn't hear from God. The, the, the high priest couldn't hear from God. Nobody heard a thing from God during that period. But then all of a sudden, away in a manger, we hear a little baby crying. And, and that was the voice of God for the first time in 400 years. God said, I came up with a plan, but it's going to consist of me putting on flesh myself. It's going to consist of me having blood running through my veins. It's going to consist of me coming down and dying on an old rugged cross. And that's the only way that sin could be remitted. Not, not just pushed back. Not just pushed back. But completely remitted. Now we're living in a generation that is so vile that we, we think that so many different weird things are normal. We, we, we have evil being called good. And we have good being called evil. They, they think it's absolutely weird for us to be sitting in this church this morning. And they think it's cultish to have these babies dedicated. But when you've been bought by the blood, and when the blood has freed you, there's some things I just want to do to let the devil know that the blood has made a way for me. Hey, I'm sorry, but Confucianism didn't free me. Buddha didn't free me. Zeus and all of them didn't free me. It was only by the blood. Now, now I'll tell you, I preach a little long when you don't help me preach. So, I, I feel like you're not catching it, okay? So, if, if you're not getting it, I, I just got to feel like I got to keep preaching to you. Is that okay? All righty. Well, let's, let's roll. <laughs> you can be seated. But, the, the scripture lets us know that all blood was tainted. There was no blood that was pure. The Bible tells us in the scripture we found here that even though Moses sacrificed animals, those animals were not pure. And you realize that, that in order for a sacrifice to be accepted, 
It had to go willingly. And so here we are, we see this Jesus. And, and all he's done, he's, he's given sight to the blind. He's, he, he's raising up a, a, a dead girl. He, he, he's making ways in wildernesses. He, he's giving freedom and, and liberty. He, he's getting a lame man and helping him walk. And, and they put him to, to, the, to the test and they bring him before the king and, and they bring him before Pilate. And although they could find no fault in him, they still said, put him on the cross. Why? Because it'll suffice the people. What they did not know was that that worked in more ways than one. It not only sufficed the people to stop them from chanting crucify him, but it made a way where there was no way. And now we have liberty. And God said, I'm not just giving it to the Jews this time, but the Gentile can come unto me. And anybody, whosoever will, let him come and drink of this well. And, and, and let me tell you, the blood, it not only frees you from the bondage of sin, but it frees you from the shame of it. See, some, some of us, we, we, don't, we didn't want to come to God because we had all of our mess-ups, all of our stains and guiltiness. And we, we didn't want to bring all of that to God. And we're saying, well, one day when, when everything's going right in my life, when everything is, is working the way it should, when, I, when I've cleaned out some things and cleaned out my closet, when I've gotten things in order, then, then I'll bring everything to God. Then I'll come and I'll, I'll live for him. No, that's not how it works. God said now there has been a switch up. You can bring all those problems. You can bring all your depression, your anxiety, all the things that's kept you bound, that's keeping you bound. And you can say, God, here it is. God, here I am. Would you cover me with blood? And God said, I'll do just that. I'll do whatever it is you're requiring of me. Why? Because he loved us so much. You, you think about the love of God. It blows my mind that God loved me so much that while I was just a stupid little 12-year-old boy that didn't know nothing about nothing, God sent a Pentecostal preacher up my road that said, hey, you need to go down in Jesus' name. You need to let God fill you with the Holy Ghost. You need to live separate and holy. You need to be a part of God's church. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of people that think they found the answer. But I'm sitting in a building today with a bunch of people who did find the answer. It's only through the blood. Only can the blood save. Only can the blood wash you clean. Only through the blood. It's that, that miracle working blood. It's that soul-saving blood. I, I used to go to a little storefront church. We used to sing songs about the blood. Now, I can't sing like Brother Sloss, so I'm not going to try it. But they used to sing that song about the blood. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Let me tell you something. I don't have to be a prophet to tell you that there's folks in here, you're battling anxiety, depression. The devil's got you feeling defeated. But I've come to tell you, you just got to let the blood cover you this morning. I promise you the blood will help. I promise you the blood will work. You don't have to go seek some weird spiritual advice from some man that don't know up from down. You found the answer this morning. And it's the blood. Let me tell you something. When I was a wretched sinner, the blood washed over me. And thank God I 
never have to go back to the things I battled. I never have to go to alcoholism. I don't have to go to pornography addiction because the blood. Now, you can be seated. I'm going to tell you. The scripture is very clear, though. He says, hey, this blood, it's the only thing that's going to suffice. But, but I need you to do a few things. Because even though it's the blood, you, know, you ever think about the fact that people will acknowledge that Jesus died on the cross for them, but they won't be baptized in his name? I, I, I might get in trouble here. But that's why I, you can't convince me to be baptized in Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Because Jesus is the one that died. Jesus is the one that set me free. Jesus is the one whose blood was shed. Jesus is the one that came to my rescue. I called on his name one day, and he heard my disparaging cry. It was Jesus, and I think I'll go down in his name. Hey, you can't convince me to go down in any other way. I'm going to do it the way the apostle said it. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. The blood will work for you. Let me tell you, the blood will cover your family. My grandmother, you can be seated. My grandmother, she used to always say, I plead the blood. And I never really understood that because it, it, it just, as a young kid, you don't know what that all that means. You just know Granny said it. And I remember Granny used to say that so much. But let me tell you, I understand it now more than I ever have. Why? Because when, when the devil creeps up and tries to remind me of who I was, I can say, I plead the blood. You got to dig through some blood to get to me. When the devil tries to tell me your daddy was an alcoholic, boy, you ought to be down there at the bar room. I plead the blood. I got a new line lineage. When the devil tries to tell me your daddy was absent, boy, you ought to be down at a drug house somewhere with a needle in your arm. I plead the blood because one day when I was lost, he died on a cross. It was the blood. It's like that old song, I can see a crimson stream. Why? Because when I was wretched, when I was in sin, when I was undone, there was blood that came down to me. I'm trying to preach to you about the blood. Is that making sense to you? You can be seated. Now, I can't hear y'all, so you have to really scream it out for me to hear you. But the blood, I mean, when you think about it, the cross wasn't a beautiful thing. This, this, this man who was God and man, this man who could, he could call out angels, and he could get himself off that cross, and, and he could have done everything possible to to alleviate the situation, but he knew there had to be bloodshed so that there could be an Xavier White that could preach the gospel 2,000 years later. Hey, I, and I'm not, I'm not pinning no rose on myself, but there are some folks in this room, the blood is calling out to you right now, and God's saying, hey, if you bring me all of it, bring me the shame that you feel, bring me the guilt you feel, bring me the embarrassment of the things you went through, bring me everything. I got enough blood. It'll work for you. It's worked for 2,000 years. It'll keep working. And so, this, this, thank God. He's given us a more perfect way. He's given us a way that, that now, the Bible says, now there is no more condemnation 
but because of what God has done for us. You don't have to feel condemned for your sin, but God condemns sin, but not the person. So now God said, now I can deal with the sin that's in your life, but I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to condemn you. I, I convict you, but I condemn your sin. So whenever you go back to the things that you're messed up on and you say, oh my God, I feel condemnation. No, it's not condemnation, it's conviction. And God's trying to get that mess out of your life. God's trying to get that depression out of your life. God's trying to give you joy that's unspeakable and full of glory. God's trying to give you peace that surpasses all understanding. God's trying to give you a better way. So, so he says, you know, uh, I've come up with this way. And I'm not doing away with the law. See, this is where we get mixed up in today's modern society. Everyone says, oh, well, the law is no longer in existence. No, he said, I'm not doing away with the law. I'm fulfilling the law so that even in the midst of you breaking the law, now there's forgiveness for sin where you can come to me and it is completely remitted. The, the, word, the Bible never uses the word remitted in the Old Testament because sin was never remitted. But then we get into the New Testament and on the birthday of the church, the day that God decides to pour out his spirit, he said, for the remission of sin. Hey, I'm telling you right now, God, God's ready to deal with it if you're ready to deal with it. The only thing that's keeping you from complete total freedom and liberty from the sin that has you bound is whether or not you're ready to bring it to God. Hey, he's a gentleman. He's not going to force you to do anything. But he's saying there's blood that's flowing down this altar. There's blood that comes from above. There's blood that's still coming from Calvary. There's blood. And you got to make up your mind. I'm going to give you everything, God, if that means that I'll have peace. Yes, it does. If that means I'll be washed clean. Yes, it does. If that means that I'll have joy unspeakable. Yes, it does. You just got to bring it to him. I tell you, when, when the suicidal thoughts creep in, when, when life's not going the way you want it to, and you got fired, I'm not saying, I'm not saying life's going to be perfect. I, I promise you, life's not going to be perfect. But when you've got the blood, when you've got the blood, it makes it so much more bearable that you can come in the church on a Sunday morning and you can run the aisles and people ask, well, how'd you get it? Well, I had to ride my bike to church. Why are you running the aisles? Because God's still good no matter what. Why, why are you shouting the way you shout? Because God's still good. What, what, what making you dance like that, girl? You, you ain't got a dime to your name, but ain't God's still good to me. It doesn't matter what's going on. God's still good. I can still dance and shout knowing that the God of the universe looks down on my life and he's concerned about me. Because when your money's funny and your change is strange and your green get a little lean, that, that's enough to make anybody sit down on the pew. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been so frustrated with money that, that that's the main thing that keeps people bound up on their pews. But, but thank God, I understood something one day. My God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He says, all, all of this stuff that you're so worried about, he said, I, I got gold that's the foundation of heaven. He said, my, my, my walls are 
are, are jasper and, and rubies and, and all that. So you, you worried about money. And God said, why are you worried about something so, so frivolous to me? He said, if you need it, I got it. If you need a bill paid, how, how many can testify that when you didn't have the money, God came through and paid the bill in full? When you didn't know how it was going to be done, God came through and he said, baby, don't worry about it. I got it. I got it. It's, it's all in his hand. And so, you be seated. And so we see that the correlation of blood in the Old Testament and New Testament, even though we're under a new covenant, blood still has to be applied. Even though we're under a new dispensation, blood still had to be applied. Let me tell you something now. Because of what Jesus did on the cross for you and I, we can come into this house. See, some of us, we... We come to this house and we ain't prayed at all and we can still feel God. But you want to know why you can do that? Because God has opened his presence to whosoever will. But don't think for a moment that just because you come in here and you feel God, that that means you, can't you don't need to communicate with him. Hey, God still desires a relationship. But he has an open door policy. And so now you can come into this house and be riddled with sin. And that's why people can mess up on Saturday and still come and shout on Sunday. It's because the presence of God, he still said, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. It, it doesn't matter what your circumstance is. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Well, I thought praise was a little bit louder than that, but maybe not, but... But last time I checked, he also said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Last I checked, he said, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Is there any triumphant people this morning? Is there any triumphant people? Anybody got victory? Anybody's been blessed? Anybody been set free and delivered and healed, made whole? But even if you haven't been, you're in the right place at the right time. There's a God that's seeking after you. Let me tell you something. Nothing happens by coincidence. Maybe you say, I, I just staggered in here because I didn't know where else to go. Maybe you just heard the music while you was passing by. I, I don't know your circumstance, but I'm going to tell you, nothing happens by coincidence. The blood is still able to reach to you. And so, the blood will work just fine. And so we live in a world where everyone's searching after some kind of spirituality. I'm sure you've seen it. I'm sure you've heard about it. Where people are all over the world seeking for some kind of new age spiritualism. People are crying out to the universe is what they've started calling it. People are saying, well, we want some kind of a touch. But, but we don't want to go to that modernized Christianity. We want something that we can feel and we want something that, that'll change us but, but still doesn't deal with the sin in our life so we can keep doing what we want to do but feel good about what we are doing. And God said, no, I, I, I've got a plan for revival. Hey, I, I do believe that God desires to give this church an incredible revival. Let, let me just tell you while, while we're on this soapbox, that never has there been a better time to have revival than right now. Let me tell you, the signs of the time are prevalent. God's getting ready to blow the trumpet. 
What are you going to do in the meantime? I want to take everybody I can with me to heaven. I, I pray to God that you have a, such a great revival that you fill the balcony up, you put pews in the back, and have to bring chairs up to the platform. Hey, that's the kind of revival God desires to give us. And, and, and while we're still on that topic, let me just say this. It is absolutely mesmerizing to me to look around this building. Brother Williams was telling me that when they got here, there was not that many people. And you look around this church, and this is probably one of the largest Pentecostal churches in, in the United States, and I for sure would say in Florida. Hey, yeah, you got something to thank God about. Hey, don't ever sit on the blessings of God. God wants to fill this thing up. God wants to do more than we've seen him do in the past. Hey, the greatest days of the church are not behind us. I promise you they're ahead of us. But the people of God have got to get on board and say, God, give us revival. We'll do whatever we got to do. We'll go into the highways and byways. We'll go into every street corner and preach the gospel. And so, the blood. Oh, my God, the blood. That's why those old songs used to hit so differently. Because that blood. To think about it, that pure blood. I, I can't even understand it. My soul was so riddled with sin when I came to God. And God took this soul that, that had so much taintedness on it. I went down in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. And, and somehow during that transition, God removed all the stains off of my soul. And I came up out of that water with a freedom like I'd never known. Let me tell you something. You wonder why I'm not interested in alcoholism and, and all that stuff. I, I had family that met an early grave because they were so bound up by alcohol. I'll tell you this. In my family, I hope my, I hope my mother and them ain't watching. She probably is. But In my family, most of the men, I, I'm one of the few left because they've been killed and gang violence, drugs, and alcohol poisoning, all that crazy stuff. So when I tell you, this ain't my daddy's religion. God found me when I wasn't even looking for him. And there's somebody in this building. You, you, you've probably been told by many people, you're going to have to sell drugs like your daddy. You're, you're, you're going to have to do the things your mom and them did. But I, I come to tell the devil he's a liar. You're looking at somebody that escaped that lifestyle. And I ran after God with all that I have. And because I ran after him, he was pursuing me. And he said, I got everything you need. I can cover you with blood. I can remove the generational curses that are running after you. I can do whatever. You just got to put your faith in me. I, I can't tell you. I can't tell you how many times I've preached places. Well, there are young men that feel that they have to do the things their daddy did. They have to do it. Let me tell you something. It's not the will of God for you to have some child out of wedlock. It's not the will of God for you to be on the street corner selling drugs. It's not the will of God for you to do any of those things. But it's the will of God for you to be a part of the body of Christ. He's trying to adopt you into the family. Now, don't misunderstand me. If you are, 
you've had a child out of wedlock, there's blood that flows to you. There's blood that flows to you no matter what your circumstance is. There's blood that flows to you whether you, you, you may have been rolled up somewhere last night, but there's blood that flows to you this morning. You, you might have been in what they call the honky-tonk last night, but the blood still flows to you this morning. Hey, don't think just because you got it looking like you got it all together that God sees the heart of man and God's saying, boy, you need to give it to me today. Girl, you need to give it to me today. Don't sit there and leave this place bound. What a shame it would be. It's not a shame to be bound. It's a shame to leave here bound. Because the blood can flow to you. I'm coming to a close, I promise I said I wasn't going to preach long. I've only been up here about 20 minutes. But I want to tell you today, the blood flows. It ain't stopped flowing since Calvary. The Bible lets us know that while Jesus was on that cross, he, was, he had that crown of thorns. I'm sure he was being splintered by that wood. They picked him in his hands and his feet. Then on top of that, they... they it went into the sky and cut open a gash. And the Bible says that blood flowed out of it. You got to understand, the cross was not pretty. It was gory. It was painful. It was a lot. But all of that, the Bible says he bore all of that so that we could be free. Free from what, preacher? Free from guilt. Free from shame. But more importantly, free from the sin nature that we inherited. He says, I got a new name for you, but you're going to have to get up under the flow of blood. He said, I, I got a new family for you, but you're going to have to get under the flow of blood. I, I've got more and better things for you, but you're going to have to get under the flow of blood. It's time for some people that have laid down too long. You let the devil beat you a little bit too long. You let the devil make you feel defeated a little bit too long. But the devil ain't nothing but a liar. And God's saying, there is blood. There is blood. There is blood for you. The blood will work just fine. You don't, you, don't need, you don't need all that weird spirituality from the world. The blood will work just fine. You don't need to go see another church across town. The blood will work just fine. You don't need to go off somewhere to a conference to find him. The blood will work just fine. Come to the music, please. Several years ago, my granny, you know, I'm, I'm from Mississippi. I live in Little Rock now, but, you know, Southern boys, our grannies mean a lot to us. Can I get an amen? And uh, my granny, she meant everything to me. And she had cancer. And, and I prayed and prayed that God would heal her. And, and it just, it never happened. But she had this portable radiation or whatever it was. I don't know how to what it was but she had it on her side and it was supposed to go into her bloodstream and while it was going into her bloodstream it was supposed to eat up the cancer that was in her body and the doctor told my granny he said now listen Miss Rose he said if you ever spill this stuff it'll burn you to the bone and my grandmother she said my goodness she said is it that serious he said yes it's very serious she said, how 
has something that's so strong, so potent. She said, how can it go inside of my body, but it, it doesn't burn when it goes inside, but if it touches the outside of my body, it'll burn to the bone. And that doctor told my granny, I never forget. That doctor told my granny, he said, the reason why that is is because the blood can handle what your flesh can. He said, Miss Rose, he said, what people don't realize is blood is so potent that it can, it can stain anything and it can mark anything. And I'm thankful to God that the blood has marked me. Stand with me all over this building. Listen, this morning, I, I'm going to tell you, if you have not been buried in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, and if you hadn't received the gift of the Holy Ghost, the blood is calling to you right now. Hey, the blood is calling to you right now. God's giving you an ample opportunity to come and lay down those heavy burdens. Hey, it, the load might not get lighter, but I promise you, he'll be there to help you carry the load. Hey, God's calling right now. Why don't we come around this front for just a moment and ask God to be with us. For, God, we need you today. Oh, Jesus. Oh,
on, I need some help praying in these altars today. Come on, if you've got the Holy Ghost, find somebody to pray with this morning. Come on, look around you, there's people all across these altars right now. Come on, if you've got the Holy Ghost, find somebody to pray with. Find somebody to pray with. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, I need some men right here to help me pray. Come on, I need some faithful men right here to help me pray. I need some faithful men to help me pray right here. Come on, I need some men of faith. Help me pray here. Come on, pray with dominion. Pray with authority. Pray with power. Breakthrough. Woo! 